0: What up everybody? Welcome to the Bible Leadership Podcast. My name is Pastor Mark Carter and I got a question for you. Do you love leadership? I'll bet you do. I know that I do. I love to read about it. I love to listen to podcasts about it. I love to go to conferences about it. But I think that we're in a dangerous place if our leadership is detached from what God is communicating to us through the scripture. See, when you're leading for Jesus, We're not just relying on leadership principles. We love them, we appreciate them, but we're also seeking to be led where God is going in the way that God would have it done, so it requires attachment to Him through the Bible. The Bible teaches so much about leadership, and it should be our primary source of leadership knowledge connected to the Holy Spirit. That's why we say as leaders, we need to keep one hand on the steering wheel and one hand on the Bible So welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about three essentials for leaders who have leaders. Proverbs 13, 17 says, An unreliable messenger stumbles into trouble, but a reliable messenger brings healing. I know that I want to be that kind of a messenger for Jesus and anybody else who sends me, and I'm guessing that you do too. See, I know that most of us are not necessarily the top person in charge. We may be what Mike Bonham and Roger Patterson refer to in their excellent book, Leading from the Second Chair, as a second chair leader. You may be a second chair. You may be a third chair. And all that means is um, you may lead some people, but there's still someone who's bringing leadership to you. Bonham and Patterson point out that sometimes we're leaders over some things, but under another leader, and thus we face unique challenges that include representing the organization, representing that other leader well, being careful how much information we reveal, and managing the tension of both telling people things that are going to disappoint them while still representing a heart of love to those very people. Man, it's a hard thing. So for the next two episodes, I'm going to be interviewing my assistant, Melissa Labellardi, in part because I think she faces every day some challenges that many of the rest of us face, but we don't get to talk enough about. I want to give you a heads up that this particular episode, uh, we were experimenting with some new tech. In fact, the whole entire interview was kind of ad hoc, meaning... We weren't really sure we were doing it, we were just kind of practicing, but I really felt like the content was so good that she was sharing, I just wanted to share it with you. Even so, I apologize for the audio quality. Um, it's not where it usually is, but we'll continue to take care of that. Um, hey, here's what we're discovering. If you're a Christian leader, then you represent Jesus and the things that He's called you to steward. The Bible declares that we have the opportunity to use our influence to bring healing and refreshing to not only Jesus' heart, but the hearts of others and even those whom we serve under. So I think we're going to learn a ton. Let's get after it. Here's the first part of my interview with my assistant, Melissa Lavalardi. Hey, what up everybody? Welcome back. I'm here with my phenomenal assistant, Melissa Labalardi. Melissa, how long have you been my assistant?
1: You know, I was actually thinking this through the other day. Uh, someone asked me that question and I I actually don't really know. I think five years. That feels right. Something like that. (laughs) Something like that.
0: So Melissa has not only been my assistant, but simultaneously she's been learning the lessons of how to lead well, how to represent Jesus and how to represent me and the organization that she is a part of. And I was just thinking there's so many folks that they're a leader that is related to other leaders. And I just think that's hugely important. I think most folks are not the first chair leader. They're probably leaders of organizations. I know there certainly are a lot of first chair leaders that are listening right now, but there's more probably that are in some way a second chair or a third chair, and they've got this hard job. And Melissa knows all about this. You got to help the people who are under you, but you've also got to kind of represent your leader. And especially if they're kind of a figurehead type of a leader, and you have to represent the organization as a thing. And so um, I think that's really hard. And, you know, just talking to Melissa over the past few years, I feel like she's landed upon some helpful lessons that are going to be helpful to some of our listeners. So Melissa, what would you say as an assistant, what are some of the leadership lessons that might be helpful for those in a second chair who are trying to do the hard job of manage both their own stuff and representing the leader that is near them or above them?
1: Yeah. You know, I think probably the things that I've learned are, are probably just the things that I've gotten wrong several times. So um, there are the things that haven't gone well that I've uh, either needed to repent for or, um, you know, just eaten a slice of humble pie about. And sure, so – I don't know that I have all the answers and I definitely haven't done any everything right, but uh, a few things uh, have just kind of bubbled to the surface of things that have just helped me make less mistakes. And so one of those is just kind of remembering that as I'm representing someone else, really what I'm representing is Jesus. So the times that I've misrepresented, you know, the organization that I work work for or I've misrepresented you, what should really grieve my heart is that I'm misrepresenting the love of Jesus to the people that I'm speaking to, you know, or interacting with. So, uh, this has really started to inform like how I phrase my emails, like what I share on social media, how I interact in the community. There's a saying that says people will, will forget what you gave them or what you did for them, but they'll never really forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And so I've really been thinking about that principle and how a lot of the time I'm interacting with people and it, it might be how I make them feel, but really they they tie me to something else. Like they tie me to, you know, Mark Carter of Torture Faith or, or to the, you know, or to Torture Faith. And so if I'm not careful, like I'm, I'm representing the organization as I'm making them feel something. And so that can put a bad taste in their mouth, not just about my leader or about the organization that I work for, but about Jesus, like, cause that's who I'm re- actually representing.
0: So when that goes right, like, what do you want them? Like, what's the win? What do you want them to feel?
1: I want people to feel really heard and cared for like their thing matters. Like I'm sure everyone in ministry knows this. It feels like if we're not careful, everything can take on the same importance and everyone thinks that their thing is the most important thing. It's the most important thing to them. And so I think just making sure to honor that for people while still kind of helping them understand in a loving way where their thing kind of stacks in the list of other things. So making them feel loved, making them feel heard, making them feel like, your leader cares about their thing and you know, I haven't gotten this right 100% of the time But I think a helpful for, thing for me is just to go slower than I than my natural tendency is like my natural tendency is to Shoot an email back quickly or respond to a question Faster than I should and so if I go a little bit slower and i'm, I'm trying to pick out like oh they um, they have strong feelings about this thing It helps to slow down and help them talk through that or explain it um, I think
0: that's part of what we thinking. sometimes call the shadow so one of the things that makes um, Melissa so great at her job is she's got a real burden to get stuff done. Like she wants to keep moving the thing, you know, she, she, she's got a very high capacity. She wants things to keep happening. And then that's the very thing that she'll find that she has to resist. I think we all have to resist it from time to time, but my normal mode is to make things happen. But I have this human in front of me and I need to make sure I'm slowing down enough to help them see what they're supposed to see or feel the way they're supposed to feel. Yeah, that's good. What, what about a way, Melissa? So that's, that's what you want. What about when it gets jacked up? Like what, what, what are people, you know, going to miss or what are they going to do wrong with regard to this?
1: You know, I can think of a situation that I was in, um, I think last summer and I I just made a mistake. I was out to lunch with someone and, um, it was a person that I'm comfortable with that I have a close relationship to. And I was just running my mouth saying things, lots of things about things, uh, that I probably shouldn't have. And really like the, the details don't matter. What it, what happened was I was misrepresenting my organization in a situation. I was talking about, you know, somebody else in their organization. We're sitting here having lunch and I turn around And a person from that organization, he's like wearing the polo, like with the logo of this organization that I was kind of bad mouthing, essentially, in the name of the organization that I work for. It was like literally like every possible epic fail. Like it was just the total worst. You know, I was instantly mortified. I don't know if he heard me or not, but really that that doesn't really matter whether or not he heard me. I think from that experience, I was able to go to my leader and say like, hey, this is the thing that I did really wrong and like repent for that. I feel like I was led through that situation very well of, uh, and that was what really nailed it home for me was, yes, I, I misrepresented my leader. I misrepresented my organization. And I kind of did a jerky thing anyway, but really I met, misrepresented Jesus's heart for this organization for these people Ooh, like they're great yep, people yep. this is what they're doing would they do things exactly the way that we do them maybe not but that doesn't lessen their value in the eyes of jesus and so i was just misrepresenting not just my organization but my savior you know uh because yeah, he wouldn't speak yeah. of them that way That's and right. so i feel like i i learned a lot from that i still don't get it 100 right it was bad enough and my journey through god's word to to think about how i use my mouth was long enough to where i feel like oh okay that was hammered in a little more clearly than it was before.
0: Yeah. I think one of the things that you do right, Melissa, is you're super open to feedback. And I think we had conversations on this upfront when you first accepted the role. One of the reasons I trust you so much is because I know you're actually gonna tell on yourself Whereas some might be tempted to, oh crap, I jacked this up. I hope they don't find out. You've tended to demonstrate a hey, look, man, here's what, what I did. Here's what went wrong. And that creates not only trust that, oh, well, we can correct the thing and gives you feedback and, and kind of a mirror of like, this is what this looks like or this is what this is doing. But I think it also gives me a confidence in, man, disciples. I mean, who doesn't want to work with people that are genuinely trying to grow in Christ likeness? And that would be so different than if, and I know that some know what this is like. When you have to work with somebody that just bristles, anytime you have to have a conversation. That is just so hard. And I think one of the ways that God has really allowed you to continue to get good at this is giving you a humble spirit of just like, hey, I actually, I would rather have a hard conversation with my leader so that I can represent Christ than kind of get away with it and yet grieve the heart of my Savior. So I think that's huge. And I think, I think people really need to take that into consideration because I think that's why the Lord has continued to, you know, just bless you with regard to this.
1: Yeah. I I totally don't deserve to be here. So Jesus has been really good to me.
0: What else, what else would you counsel leaders? Hey man, you might want to think about this with regard to representing the organization, your leader, and most of all, Jesus.
1: You know, I think probably something that you can do is, you know, sometimes, you know, sin just can can harden your heart and you don't even kind of notice it. And so sometimes I think it's it's good to kind of do an honest assessment, maybe ask some people that you trust, definitely ask your leader, like, and actually just ask them, have you heard anything? Like, have I misrepresented you? Or even just tell them, hey, I feel like this situation was borderline and tell them what you did and let them decide, oh, actually, you know, that, that was fine. Or can I tell you a different way that you could have explained that to that person that would have represented us better? I think if you have great leaders like I do, they're going to help you walk through that and actually grow through it instead of just, you know, giving you a, a slight for it. Um, Mm -hmm. So every situation that I've been in where I've been like, I'm not sure if I did this right, you know, my leaders have been really helpful in in explaining how I could do it better. But I think you just have to have some of those honest conversations with people. I think sometimes you don't, maybe you don't notice, this has totally happened to me, where I didn't notice what I was doing. And it took something as bad as turning around and seeing the person behind me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, to really have like a check in my spirit of, oh, wait, this was really bad. You know, because in this situation, I was talking to somebody that I trusted and really didn't have much to do with my organization and it was fine. And ask Jesus, is there somewhere that I'm misrepresenting you? Uh, because it's it's good to like make sure that you're representing your leaders and your organization well, but there's things we all do in private, you know?
0: Right. They don't know and, always what the Holy Ghost sees.
1: Oh, totally. And there's, there's things that you can be doing to misrepresent Jesus that if somebody – knew that, that would be misrepresenting him.
0: No, that's good. And, and I think every leader needs to remember and hear, you know, and, and some might be like, oh, that's that's not excellence. But I would just make the case that, look, man, everybody jacks stuff up. You know what I'm saying? And I'd much rather have an organization full of people that are growing and learning and figuring out things that they mess up than hiding the fact that they're messing up because everybody does. I've said stupid crap from stage. I've hurt people. You, you know what I'm saying? Nobody is going to lead very long without doing something ridiculously stupid that represents Jesus. And so we just have to have an attitude, especially those who, you know, people report to you, you just want to make it feel good for them to tell on them themselves. Like you want that to go well for them. So they continue to go well for them. Because again, and we've all heard this before, their value increases as they're learning from their mistakes. Like, what are you going to do? Let them go and then get somebody that hasn't made any mistakes yet. Well, then you're, they're going to make more mistakes than, than the other person would have. So it's just so important to create an environment where people can Tell on themselves, and it's going to go well.
1: I think you up the buy-in too from that staff person. It's not that you don't confront them on hard things, but that they start to trust you with, oh, this. There's always grace. My leader hasn't reacted poorly to me, even when I've done X, Y, and Z. You know, and I think yeah. you've done that a, a good job of that in our, in our organization. Of I can come to you and say this is something I really jacked up, and like we'll deal with it. Like we'll really talk through it, and it's actual feedback, and it it stings but you represent Jesus well and that there's there's always grace for that. So yeah, it's okay well, to make that's mistakes.
0: Good. That's good, man. That's helpful to, to our listeners. Hey, so um, number one is you, you need to focus on representing Jesus and your leader to the world. What about number two? What's another thing that you think would be helpful for second chair people to hear?
1: You know, this is another thing I've gotten wrong, and it's just around the topic of discretion. So discretion uh, in, in ministry like really anywhere um, is so essential and your leader has to to be able to trust you in a position like mine or I'm sure in a position a lot of our listeners are in. you hold a lot of key information about people, projects, initiatives that you you probably, don't necessarily want to share with the public yet. Like there's things that you definitely want to make sure that you're communicating in the right way in the right time. So you want to be careful with that information, like how you represent it and how you share it.
0: Okay. So you mentioned discretion and the fact that your leader essentially has to trust you. They're going to not say certain things in certain environments or they're, they're, you know, they're not going to let on that. They know a whole lot more about many situations than often people might think. What are some examples of places, Melissa, that people need to watch out for that?
1: I think I see this happen for me unique perhaps to my role is I have Carter's passwords to pretty much everything. Like there's just I could probably I could probably find anything I wanted to find. So I have it, access yep. to most of your email. And so it'll, it'll happen to me where I'm, I'm trying to be helpful. I'm looking through email trying to see if I can book someone an appointment or, or do whatever I can. And I'll, you know, I'll open up the email and I'll start to look at it and I'll get through the first couple lines and I'll be like, um, this one's not for me. Like there's some things in here that I don't necessarily need to see probably nothing I could be helpful for in this particular situation. And so It's one of those things where nobody would know, like I could read whatever I wanted to read. Nobody would know, but I leave the email, I mark it unread and I move on. Like there's, there's nothing for my eyes to see there.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's something that people need to know. Like I've communicated that at different points, just even with my own congregation. Hey, um, she's not going to read your stuff, but if you're going to communicate with me, then you're just going to want to, you're going to want to know there's a chance Melissa's going to see that. And I feel like that's even in all the the email responses of like, Oh, Melissa definitely might see this. So just know that. And I do trust her to, you know, I know that, that you've even told me that before of like, you know, I, I started into that and I could tell by like sentence too, this is not the thing that I need to be doing. Let me just also say for everybody, um, I I do put a lot and you know, this is just me. I'm not saying this is the way to do it, but I put a lot of confidence in my assistant. I actually want her to have access to pretty much anything because I feel like as a pastor, you know, just hear about people falling and doing all kinds of stuff. You know, it's not that I, I need her to go looking through my stuff, but I just want to have the kind of life that actually, as long as I trust this person pretty well, there's nothing I even have that, that I wouldn't want someone to be able to look at. And so uh, I think for me, if maybe you don't know the person well enough yet or whatever, but for me, I want the kind of relationship with my assistant where, dude, what would I be hiding anyway? Like you're helping me do this stuff. So you should have all the access to it. And that's just part of the agreement. That's how the church understands it. I cannot do this alone. And so we need help to do all this stuff. Well, my friends, thanks so much again for joining us today. There's a lot more leadership content at the website, BibleLeadership.life. Depending where you're viewing or listening to this, don't forget to like and subscribe. Hey, if you find this content helpful and you want to support the Bible Leadership Podcast by becoming part of the BLP family, you can check out our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash Leadership. Anything you pledge goes a long way to helping us create more digital resources to help people grow as spiritual leaders. You guys have been amazing so far, so I'll thank you so much for that to everybody who supports. Also, don't want to forget, you can now get some BLP Bible Leadership Podcast swag at the website, BibleLeadership.life. Go check it out, man. we got some cool t-shirts. Um, if you want to show your support out in public, man, I would encourage you to do it. Go check it out, BibleLeadership.life. Hey, before I go, real quick, coming up soon is the Sword Girl Conference at Torch of Faith Church in Grayslake. That's the church where I serve uh, on September 20th and 21st. And this is the fourth year in a row where we turn all of our attention toward Sword Girl. This is the conference for ladies that need to refresh and recharge and need some fresh vision. Maybe you need to connect with some other gals. You know, groups of gals go, grandmas, mamas, and daughters, they all go together. You can get your tickets for only $80, or you can sponsor somebody else by going to swordgirlconference.com. Hey, this could be a great gift for somebody. Probably get you some good points, too, for the woman or the daughter in your life that is worth it. Um, This year, we're going to have Jamie Ivey, Stephanie Boyce, Sophie Hudson, and Mackenzie Carter. Anytime my wife feels bad about getting something, I have to remind her, hey, baby, you are worth it. And I want to tell you You know this. Jesus thinks you're worth it, and you are. So don't feel bad about maybe spending a little bit of money on yourself to keep yourself growing spiritually. Hey, that's all the time we have. As always, check back soon for more leadership training designed to keep you leading from the Bible and not just with it. Hey, this generation needs someone to stand up and do what is right. So don't forget to lead from the Bible. Lead humble, but lead strong today. We'll see you next time.